You're listening to the podcast from Barnabas Fund. Welcome to this week's Barnabas Fund podcast. And today I'm joined by David Dean, our, in, our UK CEO, and by Matthew Martin. Um, we're going to be discussing in the news in a moment. Now, we're also joined by a very special guest later in the podcast, and he is Fyodor Mokan from, he's, he's in Russia, and he, he oversees projects in the former Soviet Union for Barnabas Fund, has a lot of wisdom to, to share with us. So I hope you'll stay and listen to that. Um, David, welcome. This is your first time in the newly formatted in the news section of the podcast. Well, you're very welcome to join us today. The story we're going to be starting with is from Myanmar. Matthew, could you give us the lowdown? Yes, thank you, Andrew. Um, many of our listeners will be aware of the Rohingya situation that happened in Myanmar a um, good number of years now, and um, there was a mass migration of Rohingyas who are an unrecognized ethnic minority, mainly Muslim, very, very mass, vast majority of them are Muslim. And they, um, they, they basically went from Myanmar to Bangladesh and were settled in a refugee camp called Cox's Bazaar, um, which has been sort of all over the news. And unfortunately, um, recently there's been a, a very, very big fire, um, which left up to 45,000 refugees displaced. As, uh, as flames rip through the sections of the camp, which are, you know, they're very poorly built shelters. Um, you know, there's no real sort of uh, fire safety, as it were, in these camps. So it sort of spread very, very quickly. And unfortunately, 11 people died and, uh, and 560 were injured. Now, in these camps, um, as I said, the, the vast majority of Rohingya are Muslims, and, and many of our listeners will be aware of that uh, from the news reports when they did uh, when they did have that mass exodus from from Myanmar. However, within that group, there's also a very small amount of Christian converts um, that that Barnabas Fund has been supporting. Um, it's very it's very unknown that, that there are Christian Rohingyas, um, but they are especially persecuted by the Rohingyas, by the Muslim Rohingyas within the camp um, for, for, for leaving Islam and and um, and, and becoming Christians. Um, so it's a, it's a difficult situation. Barnabas Fund is supporting those Christians that have had their, their shelters um, burnt down and, and those who have been injured. Um, and we're providing uh, food, clothing and cooking utensils um, when the homes are being replaced by UNHCR. Yeah, and Matthew, you were saying that um, that, that um, Christians have been persecuted in those camps already. I mean, we we earlier in the year, I think we on the Barnabas Fund website, we ran a story that Christians were facing um, anti-Christian persecution in this particular camp in Cox's Bazaar. Twelve Christians seriously injured in multiple attacks by Rohingya Muslims. Yeah, that that's right, Andrew. They, um, as I said earlier, that the Christian community in Cox's Bazaar are sort of doubly persecuted. They they fled persecution in their homeland from the Myanmar military, uh, and now they've they've landed in these camps. And um, as we saw uh, previously, that they, they've been attacked. They've had stones thrown at them and houses uh, being being um, pulled down. Um, so it is very much in need of prayer. These these Christians in these camps. Yes, it's um it's been in the news a while, and every time I hear about the camp it makes me think of a few hundred people but obviously we're talking nearly um well nearly a million and you know it's bigger than the city in which our uk office is um and persecution christians are not the only ones persecuted persecution can happen for other reasons but this is another layer so one having as matthew mentioned having to flee their home and then when they're in the place where they should be able to have refuge then those with those fellow refugees 
persecute them. It, it's um, it's it's hard to contemplate how many layers. I often think about the projects that Barnabas Fund are involved in, and you know, there's immediate concerns, and then the the medium term, and then the longer term. And, and I also use a, a tripartite. You know what what physical needs are there, what emotional needs are there, and what spiritual needs are there. And it's good and vital that these people have the food and the clothing and the shelter, but we're also looking to provide new homes in the in the future. I've got some Easter reading. One of them, it's, it's a tangential point, but relates. One of the medical students I have um, could uh, choose an area to research, and what she selected actually was the mental health of Rohingya refugee women. And uh, it's probably a bit too specialized, but I wonder about the, the mental health of the, the Rohingya refugee Christians and uh, what they, you know, what their feelings are and what their thoughts are. But it's it's good that we can do what we can do. And it's uh, it's great that uh, we know supporters, if we highlight an area, they'll obviously remember these people in their prayers. And and the thing that strikes me about 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 the story is also that that these people have so little, the fire has taken away the little they had, and actually that's something to reflect on and pray about this Easter. I mean, as you say, David, thankfully we are able to give them something, you know, for for sustenance, food, and and shelter. But um, but I wish we could do more. Really, it's. Always the case, there's always more to do. And uh, we're, we're grateful that through supporters' generosity, we can, we can do as we can. And, uh, and knowing that when we, when we start with prayer, I say start with prayer, often it's empathy first, feeling first and then praying, then God will no doubt guide us as to what we can do. And we know that he's with them even in the most devastating circumstances. While we're also looking at Myanmar, we should also pray for our, our other brothers and sisters who, Myanmar is very much in the news, um, but the military have stepped up their, their attacks, um, certainly for other minority groups such as the Karen and the Chin, the Kashin Christian groups, um, particularly the Karen. Um, there's, a, there's a recent story on the website um, which a, a Myanmar army fighter jet has bombed a Karen village, uh, which is a Christian minor, minority, um, which has killed three and injured eight. So do lift up our other brothers and sisters in Myanmar who are facing um, persecution in their homeland as well. And do visit the Barnabas Fund website, barnabasfund.org, to pick up on on these and other stories. Now, we, we are moving um, to um, um, Mozambique now. There's a very important story um, there. Matthew? Yeah, another, uh, unfortunately, another big incident in the news lately that um, some of our supporters may be aware of. But in Mozambique, there's been um, Islamist attacks um, in the area called Cabo Delgado, which is a province uh, in the north. Um, it's very rich in oil and gas, um, and it's uh, it's sort of been attacked previously. Um, Islamic State, uh, or Daesh, um, have boasted on Twitter on Monday of killing at least 55 people, including Christians, um, Mozambique soldiers, state nationals, um, and, and crusaders, which... Uh, sort of referred to as Westerners. Um, it's unclear as well how many actual people have been killed. Um, a witness said that the beaches are strewn with bodies, uh, with heads and without. Uh, um, unfortunately, this this is this incident is a step up of Islam Islamic attacks in Mozambique. We had a sort of a period over the 
last couple of years where it's actually where where these sort of attacks were quietened down in in Mozambique, but unfortunately in the late, latest um, year or so, we've we've seen these attacks increase. Matthew mentioned there the um, the numbers increasing, and it, it's it's hard to think of a running total of people people dying. And one of um, one of the quotes that stood out for me was, um, you know, we've got many children here, but many are dying in the bush. So some are captured and some are died. And it takes my mind back even about, the, you know, one of the worst attacks from last year was that which happened on the village football pitch. And I was on a village football pitch um, in the you know in the middle of England yesterday. And to, to think that there would be parents and children in situations like that and uh, just bodies spoons and not able to, to identify all those. And it's, it's not just the, the tens, dozens of people who are killed, but the thousands forced to flee. And it is hard for sometimes to imagine, but we, however far we can go in our imagination, as long as we get to prayer and then, and then we're able to, uh, to help however God might lead us to help. Um, it's, it, seems, it seems endless, but, but we're approaching Easter and uh, that, that gives us hope that it's not endless, but in the thick of it, we can, we can do what we can and know that God is with them where they are. Absolutely. And, and, and actually, one of the, one, one of the um, you know, great problems is that these incidents of violence have seemed to have been getting worse in recent years. And um, we're seeing this throughout sub-Saharan Africa um, in recent times. Uh, Mozambique is an interesting case in point because it's not a country you would have expected to see this sort of violence, but it is in this enclave. It's not over the whole country. And, um, you know, um, in terms of religious adherence in Mozambique, you know, the vast majority are are, are Christian, um, 26% Roman Catholic, um, 15.1% Zionist Christian. Um, Pentecostals and evangelicals also form 14.7% and 18.3% Muslim and, and concentrated in this in this in this northern area, aren't they? So, yeah, I mean, uh, one of the aspects that Bandwidth Fund are always aware of is um, regional variation, as you say, within within nations and nations that we might not think of or might not have in the past come to our minds now um, now often are. In the news, in terms of Christians in those in those nations being persecuted, even if it's much more in one area than another, um, but uh, it's it's just important that we keep keep aware of what's going on and uh, and not not to think that any any country is spared. We're grateful for the freedoms that we have, and we're grateful for for all that we have. But uh, but just to be always mindful of uh, of how many and the different nations in which Christians are being persecuted around the world. Now we'll move on to um, um, Easter security, which, which, which we, we do 
talk about from time to time that around religious festivals like Easter and Christmas, there is a heightened sense of anxiety on the part of Christians in many parts of the world. Matthew, what's, we had a Palm Sunday attack, unfortunately, in Indonesia, didn't we? Yes, Andrew. Um, unfortunately, we saw on Palm Sunday that 19 people were injured when two suicide bombers uh, blew, blew themselves up uh, outside a church on the Indonesian island of Sulawesi um, and as, as the congregation celebrated Palm Sunday. Um, in, in a lot of these terrorist attacks, the, the sort of one of the main goal obviously is, is, is causing devastation and, and hurting people, but also to cause mass chaos. And, and unfortunately, as um, coronavirus uh, restrictions subside and people come back and they, and they come to church and in their physicality, um, the, the, the Islamists, uh, certainly in, in their attention and anti-Christian violence, um, use this method of chaos to, to, to rip through and to, to fear monger amongst Christians. Um, we saw in 2019, there were there were three churches in Sri Lanka and, and luxury uh, hotels in Colombo, which were targeted in a series of uh, coordinated Islamist terrorist suicide bombings and 269 people unfortunately were killed in these attacks. And then early on in Egypt, again, we saw two churches bombed on Palm Sunday and uh, and then a Lahore bombing in 2016, which left 75 dead. So, so one of the objective is is unfortunately to to kill Christians, but then also to to cause mass chaos. Um, but we do know that that God brings order where where chaos happens and and peace and tranquility. And as we come into Easter, um, we do just ask our listeners to to pray for the safety of Christians and also just for their faithfulness as well in in. Um, situations of persecution that they can feel safe in coming to church and worship God, even though despite the violence that surrounds them. Mm. Yes, a couple of points to pick up on there. Matthew mentioned the Lahore bombing in Pakistan 2016. And although more Muslims were killed in that bombing than Christians, it was in a park on Easter Sunday. And obviously targeting those Christian families who would celebrate uh, Easter by just spending the afternoon after being in church, just going to the park. Um, I preached in a local congregation on Sunday, on, on Palm Sunday, about fear. And Matthew mentioned that as well, about the, the chaos and the, uh, and the fear-mongering that, uh, that happens. And it's always encouraging to me that Christians meet at times when there's more risk even than usual. So they know that at Christmas they are at more risk. They know that at Easter they're at more risk. How, however, for many of them, every time they gather together, they're at risk, and yet they're faithful to gather. And uh, you know, we're talking about security in, a, in the UK churches in terms of you know, um, the vaccine. And, and I don't want to belittle that. It's something that uh, you know, some churches have gone back to meeting together already, and some have not. It's interesting, I found this month is the first month in the last year when I've been physically with congregations more than I have been uh, remotely with them. But um, it's important that as, you know, whether we gather remotely on Easter Sunday and Good Friday, or whether we gather in person, that we remember those who are at significant risk every time they meet together. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, David, for those thoughts. Um, and um, please, listeners, visit the Barnabas Fund website and please direct your prayers this Easter to the safety and security of Christians who are really under threat 
in, in, in many countries throughout the world. And thank you so much for your support. And we pray for a blessed Easter for you as well. David will be coming back at the end of the podcast to say a prayer. Um, thank you for joining us. I'm joined on the podcast by a very special guest um, speaking from Russia today, and, and, and it's Fyodor Mokan, who is the coordinator for the former Soviet Union for Barnabas Fund. Welcome, Fyodor. Hello. I'm so glad to be today with you. Thank you for inviting me for this podcast. Fyodor, you are very well known in churches throughout um, Central Asia and um, a very respected leader there. You coordinate the work of Barnabas Fund there. What would you say were the um, challenges facing believers in Central Asia? I, I believe that it is about saying that people face uh, facing um, around the world during this time of uh, coronavirus. Um, Lots of people they are um, lose their work. Lots of businesses was closed, and people are facing uh, facing with uh, lack of uh, finances and don't have enough funds to support their families. It is first of all. Second, um, I think it was situation with uh, medicine equipment with. Um, in uh, Central Asia, especially in Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, in many of these countries, it was problem with different kind of medicine. People cannot just buy. First of all, it became very uh, expensive, all these medicines. And second, that it is uh, lack of this uh, medicine in the pharmacy. And the lack of different kind of equipment. And it was real problems for our brothers and sisters in uh, Central Asia. What, what would you describe as the situation of, of Christians in, in Central Asia? I realise, you know, we're talking about a pretty big region and many of the countries are very different, but um, do you find that, that Christian communities are, 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 are marginalised? Are they thriving? Are they, what, what kind of experiences do they have in day-to-day -day life? Uh, you are... You are um, you are right that uh, the area it is very big. It is five different countries, and situation is little by little, but different in every uh, country, and uh, depend of the country. For example, if you talk about Kyrgyzstan, Kyrgyzstan it is very stable uh, country, Republic of Kyrgyzstan. They during the last uh, twenty years they had three revolutions. Very stable, uh, the lack of uh, workplaces and lot of things uh, became very, very bad position. People became more and more, um, they don't have money just to buy food that they need. And they faced some persecution from the local people, from the Muslims, from the uh, religion leaders from the mosque and it is for example a problem in Kyrgyzstan if we talk about Uzbekistan uh, during the last three years it was a lot of freedom in this country and um, 
a lot of churches was registered by little by little this time how the information would be received during class maybe few weeks situation starts to be changed and uh, for churches who are uh, didn't get registration it is forbidden to gather it in the in, uh, in the home in the houses uh, the government start to um, remember them that it is forbidden to do uh, if we talk about Tajikistan situation uh, it was forbidden for children to visit uh, churches together with pastors uh, it is with these parents it is not only for churches it's also for uh, Muslims for mosques uh, children it is forbidden to visit it, um, prayer meetings uh, but praise the Lord the churches had uh, have a lot of freedom we compare with mosque it is not so strict for uh, churches to have children together with them on the uh, church meetings. Uh, what else? If you talk about Kazakhstan, uh, yes, situation, um, time of time it became worse, uh, or for example, several churches get fined because they, during the this lockdown, they visited uh, their members and bring them food, and one it was was uh, leaders earlier of churches were uh, taken to the court for this case. Um, but praise the Lord that the churches in uh, Central Asia, they are very alive. They continue, they find different ways to support one another, to support the members for different kinds of uh, spiritual activities to to gather people together for different kinds of prayer meetings, home groups, support one another by phone calls or by Zoom, uh, by WhatsApp or different kinds of activities. It is, they are very, they are very active. Maybe one of the reasons that during many years it was different kind of persecution in different, in all these um, countries and uh, good uh, system of home uh, churches of small groups was developed during these years, and this lockdown uh, just uh, was not surprise for these churches. Um, Theodore, I mean, can you describe some of the work of Barnabas Fund projects in 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 Central Asia? I've heard about one project which was to do with worms. Am I right in that? <laughs> Uh, it was yes uh, before this lockdown before before the um, this pandemic uh, before 2020 here we did a lot of projects uh, different kind of projects uh, small businesses we help our believers to develop different kind of businesses uh, but this worms it is one of uh, projects and it is, was very successful in Kyrgyzstan and they start to do this. Um, in start to help our brothers and sisters in uh, neighbor countries to start the same business. It is uh, very cheap, and they prepare some special. Sorry, I don't know English name of this uh, 
kind of yours. It is very uh, effective. Well, they were they were producing fertilizer, yes. I think, weren't they, in that particular project? Yes, and, yes. And using wor- worms to 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 act on the compost, weren't they? Yes, to to act the compost, and it is compost. It is very expensive, mm-hmm. and uh, I believe that now it will be have good. Um, they will have good business because all kind of chemicals became very, very expensive uh, this uh, spring. And uh, I believe our brothers will have uh, good income this uh, spring. It is one of these. We help them in different kinds of conferences and uh, special program for church leaders to encourage them to develop their knowledge. We had did a lot of projects to help churches to be registered. Many times they need to do something, uh, do some uh, reparation in the church buildings because it was uh, a requirement of the government to do some work and they need some help. And Barnabas Fund uh, support them in this kind of projects. Uh, we did different kind of medicine projects. Um, time of persecution, we, together with churches, uh, we made special fund to help Christians to pay, to pay, um, fines that they, uh, got Christian to buy, to prepare, uh, children for school year to buy for them bags and kind of. Uh, materials what they need. It was a lot, lot of projects. We try to answer just the needs of the, our brothers and sisters in past. Um, this year, uh, what we did, we answered the mind needs what they have. It is uh, different kind of um, projects with food parcels and this medicine for coronavirus so the 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 focus of barnabas fund projects has moved this year do you ex- I mean, when when i mean we're, we're hopeful that um that the vaccination will be rolled out worldwide are you seeing any vaccinating going on in 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 the countries of central asia uh i heard that it was some small portion of uh, of this um the people this work Vaccination vaccine was bring uh, was brought to some countries of Central Asia from Russia, but it is small part and as it is first. But second, the people in Central Asia that don't believe in this vaccination and they are not around to get uh, uh, this uh, vaccine. So it's going to be it's going to be a slow rollout then, isn't it? Presumably in that. Yes, it is very slow. Yes. I mean, in in Russia where you are, I mean, Sputnik has been quite a success, hasn't it? And 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 rolled out to quite a few people in the population. Yes, in Russia it is uh, now free, and you can go and get vaccination in some parts of the city. It's not so many people there. Now we are um, in the in Western Europe and in many parts of the world celebrating Easter this weekend. I mean, the Orthodox Easter um, celebrated in other parts of the world, including yours, is is in May, isn't it? But um, 
how will looking forward to that how will christians in russia in central asia all be celebrating easter uh, we pray and believe that lockdown will be not uh, uh, announced or started uh, this spring again because for example in some countries in former soviet union uh, for example in uh, ukraine and kiev it is very strong lockdown uh, kiev it is the capital of Ukraine it is very strong lockdown and uh, was announced uh, for two or three weeks just uh, this Monday. And um, we believe that uh, it will be possible to celebrate as usual in our um, churches or prayer house of prayers. Uh, and uh, I heard that it is the same situation now in uh, Uzbekistan. They also accept uh, that the lockdown will be announced in uh, one, two weeks, and we will see. But if not lockdown, I believe the churches will celebrate as usual in prayer house. It is a problem for churches uh, that not registered churches. For them, it can be a problem because government usually this. Uh, this time, the government is very careful. Looks that uh, churches, uh, this underground church or not registered churches, uh, don't gather together. But let's pray. I know that our brothers and sisters they had a lot of experience how to do this in secret uh, way, and I believe that they need in some prayer support in during this time. Well, we, we will invite all our podcast listeners to pray for you. And thank you, Theodore, so much for these insights um, into um, the, the church in Central Asia and, and for being so informative about the work of Barnabas Bond there. Thank you, Theodore. Thank you, brothers. Thank you. My, my, pleasure, my pleasure to share with you, to share with our podcast um, partners about needs. And I believe it will be big help for our brothers and sisters in Central Asia. Thank you very much. Lord God Almighty, we are grateful that wherever we are and whatever circumstances we may be in or whatever lies ahead of us, you are with us. And Emmanuel reminds us that God is with us and as we focus on the journey that Jesus took in that in those few days leading up to the cross we thank you that he allowed you to be the one to lead him that he submitted his will to the will of his father thank you for Christians all around the world who do that thank you for Theodore in Central Asia and for all the church partners that we are able to stand together with there to show them that you are with them and that you are for them. And as we celebrate, whether remotely or physically together with other believers, we thank you for the privilege of gathering. We praise you, Lord Jesus, that we are your body and that when we come together, we 
represent your body. When we pray for those in dire circumstances, we are channeling your, um, your life through your body. And thank you for the privilege of that. We stand with those who suffer, knowing that suffering serves a purpose because, Lord Jesus, your suffering was purposeful on the cross. It was suffering that brought us life. And for that life, we give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Barnabas Fund podcast. We are truly grateful for your support, prayers and partnership in serving our persecuted family around the world. Please subscribe to this podcast and recommend to a family member or friend. You can find more about Barnabas Fund by visiting us at barnabasfund.org or finding us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. God bless and take care. You've been listening to the podcast from Barnabas Fund. Like, subscribe and check out our website at barnabasfund.org.